Blog Talk Radio. Radio. 
Again, The Right Voice Radio on Facebook and Twitter is at The Right Voice, at The Right Voice. So please hit us up over there uh, on on social media. That would be wonderful. We want to get the word out. So uh, let's jump in, all right, Uh, because we're going to talk starting off with with Black History Month, which, of course, February is. And um, before I bring in my, my first guest, I, I want to just, just lay some groundwork concerning uh, Black History Month and, and, and uh, I guess you could say the sentiment surrounding Black History Month. Because I found that many Black conservatives seem to be anti-Black History Month. You know, and I can't, I can't help but wonder why. You know, sometimes I go, well, is it a, is it a, pol- is it a political issue? You know, is this something that's divided down political lines? You know, why would anyone be opposed to Black History Month? And we'll delve into that. You know, and and not only are some people opposed, I mean, many are passionately opposed when this topic comes up. Now, I've often found that Caucasians are passionate about not celebrating Black History Month or not being in favor of it. You know, and you hear things like, well, there's no White History Month or I'm so tired of all this race stuff or whatever. But some are baffled when you say that there are black people who also don't support Black History Month, something that seems to be positive, or is it? I mean, are, are black conservatives against it because they really find fault with it? Or as black conservatives, which is a rarity in and of itself, do they feel pressure to oppose it? I know that's a loaded question, all right? I know that's a loaded question, but I have to throw it out there because I want to get to the root of this ongoing struggle, it seems, with the concept of Black History Month. And so I'm going to welcome in my, my first guest, whom I've had on the on the broadcast before uh, when we were talking about Martin Luther King Day. His name is Jerome Hudson, and he is my colleague at Breitbart News. He's a columnist, a political analyst a social commenter, and what I call him is our expert on all things race over at Breitbart. And so when, <laughs> I, when I asked Jerome, you know, if he was pro or con Black History Month, and I put it to him like that, are you pro or con? And he responded that he is definitely con Black History Month. And so let's get Jerome in here, and I just want to, hey, Jerome, welcome to the right yep. Uh, I, I believe that's welcome back. Yes, welcome back <laughs> to the right voice, and I'm I'm glad that you've joined us. And we only have a, a few minutes, so I'm not going to waste time. Right. I'm going to I'm going to yield the floor to you, and I'm going to ask you, brother, why would you say you are con Black History Month? Well, because I think that the way that Black History Month is talked about, the way it's reported on, even the way that it's discussed. Um, by just regular people, people with larger platforms, entertainers. I think most people get Black History Month wrong. Um, Black History Month was not always Black History Month. um, In about 1915, um, in Chicago, a man by the name of Carter G. Woodson kind of had the idea of celebrating you know, at that time, former slaves who contributed a lot to the to the to the American fabric, that is the American story. Um, fast forward a few decades, um, and you have what no one really calls uh, now, at least Negro History Week. Uh, Carter G. Woodson he chose to celebrate Negro History Week. And the second week of February, um, because Abraham Lincoln's birthday is February 12th, and a man by the name of Frederick Douglass's birthday is almost um, a week apart from that on February 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln were very, very close friends, um, and they cultured their relationship during the Civil War. Um, there's an amazing story about Frederick Douglass attending uh, Abraham Lincoln's um, inaugural address. And um, so Carter G. Woodson starts his Negro History Week. Um, it, 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 the progressive left has a way um, of poisoning the well, if you will. And so today, I mean, you had um, President Ford and, I mean, just, just 
you know, kind of kowtowing to the, the, the black progressive left, if you will. They're like, well, why, do, why is it just a week to celebrate our history, you know? And so now we have this Black History Month. And again, I mean, it's it comes with, you know, McDonald's commercials and all this commercialism. And no one actually really knows the true history, I believe. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm 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 against Black History Month. Mm-hmm. That I guess that's true, but the fact of the matter is, if no one's celebrated uh, with quotations around the word celebrated, no one mm-hmm. celebrated Black History Month next year. I I probably wouldn't even notice. I am um, what author Shelby Steele uh, refers to as the free black. Like I do not define myself um, by my race. I don't define myself by my blackness. Um, it doesn't make me very popular with some people. <laughs> um, but you're not but in I, denial of your, you're not in denial of your blackness. Well, so absolutely I guess, not. So I guess what I'm saying yeah. is that, what I'm saying though, is that it, it, you don't have to define yourself by your blackness and to celebrate Black History Month, do you? No, no. And I, I mean, anybody who wants to celebrate Black History Month, you, you, obviously, you're just fine to do that. But see, mm-hmm. my 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 opinion on Black History Month, I think it's a very simple one. Mm-hmm. Is that I? It's just the the messaging of it. You know, it's Black History Month, so. If you're not black, sure, you can appreciate it. So I'm a white guy. I can appreciate it, but it is off-putting, right? It 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 is a little bit divisive because it's Black History Month. I get the argument about white history month, this, that, and the other thing, but you never really have the conversation if you don't have the moniker of, of it being black history. And then it's 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 only in a month. Now, I just explained the history of, how it went from um, uh, Negro History Week and 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 why it was the second week of February, but but then the left got a hold to it and then they 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 celebrated it the whole month of February, but February just happens to be the shortest month of the year, and so yes, black, yes. black people are like, well, that's <laughs> we always yes, I know we joke about that, yeah. You know? So it's so it's limiting and it's a little bit divisive. You know what I mean? This is what I'm saying is. If you appreciate your blackness, celebrate it 365 days uh, a year. Don't combine it and package it, you know, in in this sort of separate separatist, you know, month and and just to make it sound cool. The problem is, I, I just think black people just want to own things. They just want something to be proud of, and they. And and sometimes we seek validation, and we just we just waste a lot of time and energy. It, it's really not that damn serious. I mean, we're okay. All, no one denies what black people have done in this country. But, you know, but Jerome, Jerome, don't you think that there are people? And and listen, I'm I agree with you, and I'll and I'll I hope you'll continue to listen even when we're done talking because I'm going to give my take on this right. as well. But if I may just interject, I mean, I think that you can. Because I celebrate Black History Month doesn't uh-huh. mean I can't celebrate Black history or which is a part of American history every every day. I mean, right. it's you know we if if the left has gotten a hold of it and if we don't like the way it's done, it doesn't mean we don't have to we can we shouldn't do it differently. You know, uh-huh. and 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 I, and I and I don't think that there are that that many people that. I should say, having having taught for so long, there are many people who do not know what Black people have accomplished because oh, it sounds wonderful that we should celebrate it all year long. The fact of the matter is that we often are not. Right. Right. I mean, that's my yeah, experience. I, you know. Uh huh. I don't know. So, I just I'm just wondering if we can like walk and chew gum at the same time, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I will admit um, here on the air that I I really do buy into the whole um, Kingonian idea, if you will, of 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 us living in a society 
that people just see character and I mean they acknowledge the color, right? But they we appreciate each other, we appreciate our collective histories, our collective ethnicities, um, mm-hmm. not because we look different and necessarily think in in terms pardon the pun, in black and white terms. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I just I just look at at Black History Month, and I, I mean, when I heard Morgan Freeman, you know, get asked the question uh, by Mike Wallace, you know, about getting rid of racism, and he, and he brought right. up Black History Month, you know, I, I gravitate toward that. I understand all of the arguments against it, but I just really don't think that black parents are just going to stop, you know, inculcating the, again, the history, the rich history that black people played in the making of America, if if we if if it's no longer like this nationally celebrated thing, you know, what I, mean? I just don't see black parents say, just. I mean, it's, it's a little bit absurd to me. I, I don't know, and I don't mm-hmm. want to mock people who really do love and appreciate having a month because there are all. I mean, there are all these other uh, heritage months and all that, but it's just. I just don't know. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> it, it, sound, it sounds to me. It sounds to me. You can correct me. I mean, you did talk about it being divisive. Yeah. It sounds to me that you feel that it's more divisive than anything. Uh, um, it, no, 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 no. I, I, I think that it can be. See, what mm-hmm. I, what, what I really just want to make clear is that I, I suffer from what, again, Dr. Shelby still calls race fatigue. Like when, when these types of things come up, I, I just, I just. I don't know. I I can speak about them in in terms of academics, but when it comes to my own life personally, I just don't care. Like February comes, and the only thing that I actively think about is how to avoid Valentine's Day. That's the only thing I care about in in, in the month of February is how I can quickly go from February thirteenth to February 15th without spending money just to have to prove that I love the person that I'm intimately involved with. I, okay. I don't really think about Valentine's Day. Like, uh, most, excuse me, black most men. <laughs> like most men try I, to get through the same way. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I I appreciate your perspective, and, and, I, and I hear what you're saying. I mean, your life right. is not going to be turned upside down if you don't, you know, if you don't celebrate Black History Month. And uh, right. and I and I understand, and, and I'm certainly not saying that that is not certainly on my high list uh, of priorities. But I mm-hmm. like to throw that out there because it seems to be such a, and it really is such a passionate issue for some people. I mean, some people yeah. are really, really against it, and I I, I struggle with I, I struggle with finding, and it's kind of disheartening. And, I struggle with finding conservatives, black conservatives, who uh, who champion it, and so I begin hmm. to wonder a little bit about about that. And uh, so I don't know, but Jerome, well, I think well, yes, go ahead. Well, I just want to say really quickly that, like, I don't speak for uh, any conservative who happens to be black, but myself, and. Okay. Um, you know, if anybody reads my writing at, at Breitbart and the writing that I've done on uh, around race over the last several years, I love and appreciate all the history of America, no matter who did it. Um, and, and because I'm black, I guess I, I, I appreciate especially the, the black history aspect of it. But if you read my writing, I, I care about the contemporary and, and, and mitigating all of the foolery that too many black people, in my opinion, participate in going forward. So I, I'm, I'm, I love the past, but I am really focused on remedies right here and now, if that makes sense. Right. It does make sense. And, and again, um, I, I hope you get a chance to, to, to listen, because I, I, see, I see a connection, though, between the right. appreciation of our of where we've come from, and I'm not just talking about the struggles because I think that's part of the issue too. It's, it seems to like promote this victimhood because of the way we yeah. have presented right. it. But I'm I'm thinking that there's so much more that could be done with that, and I think that yeah. there is a connection. And again, m- my work with young people, there's something about knowing 
who you are. There's something about mm-hmm. identity and being able to see something positive um, that transfers into into going forward, I think. But anyway, I appreciate your perspective, and I'm going to have someone now come on who, um, I, I, don't, I can't say that she would share exactly how you feel, but she also is not, you know, Black History Month gung-ho, and so she'll talk to us a little bit, but yeah, so uh, thank you so much, Jerome, for, for being my guest and, and for offering your perspective, thank you. and I know, that, I know that there are a lot of people who totally agree with you on this. No, no, so, no. Thank you so much for uh, having right. me on. I, I'd love, I'd love to come back anytime. Absolutely, I'd love to have you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. So there you have it, uh, Jerome Hudson. Like I said, he's like our expert on on all things, all things race there at, at Breitbart, and and does some uh, some great writing for us. And um, so I, that's his perspective, and many of you agree. I'm sure. The the number, if you want to call in. Is uh is six four six two zero zero three seven one five, and I want you to hang with us. I'm going to have my next guest, and she's going to chime in for a few minutes, and then I'm really going to tell you what I think about all this coming from my my perspective. It is quite an interesting interesting topic. So I want you to uh to hear from Mary Baker, and my guest. And Mary is an, an a Christian. She is an active wife and mom. She homeschools her daughter. She's been on the show before as well, talking about homeschooling and all the wonderful things she's doing there. She's also a black conservative, and she was just very blunt when I asked her about it, about opposing Black History Month. Mary, thank you for joining me on The Right Voice. Oh, your audio is a little bit, I can't hear you too well. Are you are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, we can't can't I'm not able to hear you. Maybe you can I don't know if you can you hang up and, and dial and try back? Yeah, I'll I'll do that. Okay, hang up and, and, and dial back because I'm having a, I'm just having a little bit a little bit of trouble. Um uh, while we wait for for Mary to call back, he referenced uh, Morgan Freeman. And so what I'll do is I will I will play for you. If you're not familiar with that interview uh, with uh, Morgan Freeman and Mike Wallace in which Black History Month comes up, I want you to hear this uh, and then um, we'll, we'll talk more. All right. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come on. What do you do with yours? Which month is life history month? No, well, no, no, come on, tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month is Jewish history month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No, I, I, right. I, I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You understand what I... I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Uh Uh-huh. Well, and there you have that. You have Morgan Freeman's perspective. On uh, on Black History on Black History Month and you know what do you want a month he asked him he said no you stop referring to me as black I won't refer to you as Jewish or white or whatever so there's his perspective and again I'll weigh on this, weigh in on this afterwards we do have Mary back and hopefully the audio is fixed Mary welcome to the right voice can we hear you now I hope so because I can hear you clearly so I, I cannot hear you. Very, very hard, hardly at all. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what the what the prop uh, what the. Okay, because I can hear you, and I don't have any other phone that I can call from. Mhm. Well, I wish if I could. I wish I could get a another another guest to call in and let me know who's listening and let me know if they can hear you. I'm 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 pressing to hear and uh and so I'm not sure I'm not sure if other people are 
able to able to hear you, and so otherwise they won't, because it's difficult. Uh, it's really difficult to to hear. I, and I didn't have a problem before, so um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to try, and, and maybe somebody can give me a call here and let me know if you can hear if you can hear Mary. All right, the number again. I know my mom is listening. listening. Mommy, would you call me, please, and tell me if you can hear Mary? The number is 646-200-3715. So I'm curious as to whether whether I'm the only one struggling here. But um, let's let's go ahead and see if somebody will fill me in. Mary, I want to first um, have you wait. Uh, on what you thought of what Jerome said. Oh, well, I guess we I guess we lost Mary. I don't know I don't know what's going on, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Mary, maybe we'll we'll be able to catch up with you uh, another time. But I appreciate that you uh, you tried to call in uh, on that. But uh, anyway, we know what what Jerome had to say, where he stands on uh, on Black History Month not really important to him, doesn't want to characterize himself, put himself in the box. I, I, I get it. I understand. But I want to talk a little bit about where, where, I, where I come from. And I played you Morgan Freeman. You understand where he's coming from. But let me say that I, again, understand where people are coming from who are anti-Black History Month, okay? I just don't agree. You know, and as I said to him, I was a little bit disheartened as I, as I looked for it. Specifically for Black conservatives who were in favor uh, of Black History Month, and it seemed impossible to find. And again, I start to wonder: All right, do we really feel that way, or do we feel like we need to feel this way? And uh, you know, Democrats, for example, make such an issue of race, and they race bait, you know, and they play the race card so so well. Um, and so I think that conservatives often feel the need to go in the complete opposite direction, you know? And so I wonder, okay, is this really how they feel or do they feel the need to do that because of the pressure of not being, being like the left? I think Mary has called back. We'll try We'll try one more time. Hello? Okay. No, it's not. I can't, I can barely hear you. I'm sorry, Mary. We'll have to catch you a, another time. Problem. All right. I'm sorry. I wanted, really wanted to hear your perspective. Um, but it, it, yeah, anyway, uh, like I said, I wonder where, where we're coming from. But I mentioned being a teacher. And as a teacher, I, I did acknowledge Black History Month. There were a couple years, I admit, that I did struggle with it toward the, toward the end of, of my teaching career. And I, and I shied away from it because I was wrestling with this whole concept as as Jerome laid out, I was I was wrestling a little bit with, you know, is it is it divisive and, you know, are we just focused on the victim aspect of it? And I shied away. But for most of my my almost 18 years of teaching, Black History Month was an important part of what I what I did. Um, and, and so I, I came back to that perspective that it that it's a good thing, and and just. Understanding that, as Jerome mentioned, Carter G. Woodson started this whole thing off, and it was it was Negro History Week. It was not a month, okay. And then his his thought was that teaching Black history was absolutely essential to ensuring the physical and intellectual survival of the race within the broader society. Now, his goal was not that we would forever need Negro History Week or that we would forever need Black History Month. The hope was that it would catch on, especially within our schools and education, so that it would become a part of the broader society. It would become a part of American history, and you wouldn't have to relegate it to a month. And he said, if a race has no history, it has no worthwhile tradition." It becomes a negligible factor in the thought of the world, and it stands in danger of being exterminated. The American Indian left no continuous record. He did not appreciate the value of tradition, and where is he today? 
The Hebrew keenly appreciated the value of tradition, as is attested by the Bible itself. In spite of worldwide persecution, therefore, he is a great factor in our civilization. So his point being, when you value tradition and history, you promote and encourage your own survival. That's his point. Now, let me share some of my personal experiences, okay, and why I said to Jerome that I believe that the past and the future are intertwined. When I was first hired to teach, the very first day, this was back in 1996, that long ago, I was young, I was walking in that door, I parked my car, I got out of my car, and I headed toward the door. And there was already a crowd of students standing by the door. A crowd of black students were together. And as I walked through that door, as I walked toward the door, applause. I will never forget it. They began to applaud me as I approached the door to walk in my first job as a full-time teacher. Prior to that, the newspaper had called me. Did I know that I, you know, what do I feel about being the only black teacher in the Hudson City School District at that time? I didn't even know. I do know that I wanted to teach there, and I was excited partly because of the diversity there. And then I remember my first student who came into my classroom, and it was about time we had a black teacher. I said I was the only black teacher at the time. Now, we don't teachers, point blank. We don't just need black teachers. I'm not saying that. But I took something from that. When those students began to applaud, when he came in and said, it's a time to have a teacher. When students began to ask me when I first got there, now that we have a black teacher, will we be doing things for Black History Month? Will we be actually learning black history? That tells me that it matters that they were hungry for a role model, number one, and number two, to find themselves within the curriculum, which obviously black, whether February, June, or January, obviously. So to the argument that we should not be relevant to one month, which Jerome touched on, which Morgan Freeman touched upon, I say that is correct. Keep learning. It's too rich. It's such a part of American history to relegate one month. And that was the, the intention. It was to be a part of all the broader society. But has this really happened? I mean, is that what's going on for in schools, for example? I don't teach that white students are interested, actually more interested in black history than black students have been. They want to know. So as far as it being divisive, I'm not sure. When they're young and they're, they're learning this stuff, I'm telling you that my students are more, more excited than more interested. Why? Because they're not hearing it. They're not getting it. And when we do hear about Blacks in America, we often hear about slavery. We hear about victimhood. That's not, the, that should not be the extent. That's another reason some people are so anti-history. They're like, okay, we're going to go back to slavery. We're going to go back to being victims. We're going to let, you know, the left play on that. But it takes me to my next point. Why does it have to focus on the negative? Why does it have to be that? So black history shouldn't be one of those things, I think, where you should brush it simply because it's always dealing with victimhood. Well, don't focus on victimhood. Make a difference. Talk about the positive. Talk about the simultaneously. We can celebrate Black History Month in February, and we can also celebrate Black history or the accomplishments of Black people or whomever throughout the whole year. No one says it has to be thrown into February or remain there. And consider this. I said this before. If a parent only celebrates a child's life on his birthday, that's a problem. If you're a parent and you only celebrate your child's life on that birthday, then yeah, that's a problem. But I think you could celebrate his life every single day and still make his birthday special. So as a Christian, I can celebrate Christ every day and still make Christmas special. 
It's not one or the other. It's not, well, black history should be celebrated all year. Well, sure, sure it should. So should your child. It mean that we can't, we can't look at a particular uh, observance and support that. I'm, I see I have a caller, so I'm going to take this call. You're in the right voice. And yes, can hello? you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. I had just tuned in, but uh, I, you had said a couple of things that uh, brought something to mind. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why you um, you only have one month is because it's it's done in the, within the context of the, uh, this European culture. Um, so, you know, so if, if in fact you wanted to, you, you could, you could in fact, uh, teach black history, uh, within the school system all year round. Right. Um, but I mean, certainly the public education system wouldn't be interested in that. And I, I, I mean, I don't blame them. Um, you know, this country is about maintaining European culture. So why would they teach black history all year round. I mean, it's, these are just common, <laughs> it's common sense stuff. Mm. So, well, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and again, it should be a part of the broader, you know, it, it should be a part of broader history, American history and society and whatever. I guess my point is that I hear a lot of people saying that, well, you know, it shouldn't just be, it shouldn't just be one month, you know, and I think, well, then, then we have to determine that, don't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, but see, that dilemma, you have that dilemma, though, because you, the culture that you live in has embraced uh, black history for a month, meaning it's it's taught through the public school system, which blacks uh, pay taxes, right? Uh, So they help fund the public school system. So it's almost like saying, the culture in general uh, has embraced the concept of having black history uh, for a month. And because blacks don't see themselves outside of that, you know, overall culture, they, they scream, you know, they're trying to scrabble with the culture to say, Hey, give us more. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, so, you know, we, 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 we have that dilemma. One more quick thing. I know you got to sure. keep, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um the other piece I think about Black History Month is the how we allow this culture to determine what we learn uh, during Black History Month. And for instance, most of it is political, right? Martin Luther King, civil rights, this, this is all political science. But that was not the only and it has never been the only type of political action that blacks have taken within America. You have the Black Panthers. That's black history. Marcus Garvey. That's black history. Mm-hmm. Mal- Malcolm X. Sure. Uh, there were a lot of blacks who wanted to separate. Now, you may not agree with it, but it's black history. It's political sure. and, black history. And growing up, and I was in school, that was that was part of what was what was taught. I don't think that goes on as much today, but but we you know we learned about Marcus Garvey and Malcolm X and a little le- less about yeah. Malcolm X, of course, than Martin Luther King. But whether we agree or disagree, sure, it's a part of it's a part of history, as well as the, as well as the many accomplishments. That's correct. So mm-hmm. anyway, you know, thank you for letting me speak. No, I, I appreciate. It. Thank All you right. for your call. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. So there's uh thank you so much for calling. There's uh another perspective here and uh the number is six four six two zero zero three seven one five. And so again, you know, and he talked about this the school system and, and again I come from the perspective of, of a teacher and, and believing that these things are, are so very important. And like he said, whether it's good, bad, ugly or indifferent, history is history and uh and I believe that we can celebrate that. And at the same time, celebrate it in, in February if we choose, and we can celebrate all year all year long. And I have found that when people don't have a problem with race, it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't bug them because you know I I hear some people say, well, there's no White History Month. I had a student my first year teaching, and I'm talking about a it was a white student. A, a one white student said, well, there's a White History Month, and a white student spoke up, spoke right out. He said, every month is White History Month. His point being, there's never, there's never a time, 
it never even crosses a person's mind, a Caucasian's mind, I don't think. Um, oh, wow, I wonder if I learned something about my history today. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even cross their mind because it's always there. You don't even realize it. But there are many times when, when I, like I said, when I came there and the black student said to me, will we learn something about our history? Now, parents need to be doing this, too. Shouldn't be relying on the public school, but hey. And so, you know, you know, I, I just think that it, I think it's important. And I think when, when students are craving it, when they need something positive, that's why it's got to be more than victimhood, you know. And, you know, we've learned about the invention of black people. It's all American history. But I believe that there's a, that there's a lie that comes with silence. You know, if you never speak of the, I don't care if it's black or Jewish, and, and where I taught, we had a, a, a large Bangladesh uh, population. I just believe that if you never speak of the accomplishments of people, the belief is that they haven't accomplished anything. And that's the lie that is born out of silence. You can lie without ever opening your mouth. And I know this because <clears throat> I have shared with students some inventions by blacks. And when I do, their jaws drop. Now, why would that be? First, or, or if I say, hey, the first successful open heart surgery was by a, was by a, a black man, and they're like, really? Or any you know any invention, really? And I'm thinking, okay, why why would they why would the response be no? Why would the jaw drop? The answer is simple. The reaction shows that they assume that someone other than a black person invented it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been surprised. Why did they make that assumption? Because we've been silent and because we haven't taught. And for some, it may, you know, that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, it might not mean anything to you, but it means a lot to some other people, especially in a culture and a society where they're looking and they need something positive and someone positive to identify with. And I'm not saying you, can't ident you cannot identify with someone who is not of your race. I'm saying, though, that there is something to be said for understanding that your history and your, your heritage has contributed in a great way. It makes you believe that you, too, can do it. It just does. And so I was able to get that applause when I walked through the door because they said, if she did it, I can do it. I'm going through what I'm going through, perhaps with my family, but if she did it, I can do it. And they, they connect. And that's why the, the past and the present are important. And that's why it can't just be about victimhood. It's got to be about the successes. It can't just be about slavery. There's so much to celebrate. There's poetry, there's music, there's art, there's education. One year I did a program with my, a project with my students and I put a list of certain inventions by black people and I got the parents involved. And I said, listen, I want you guys to, it was voluntary, it was, it was a bonus. If you're interested, I want you to go, I think it was a weekend, without using any of these particular inventions by blacks. And the parents got involved because I wasn't there to know if they were telling the truth. So I had to get the parents to help me engrave them and be honest. And they were, I mean, parents were brutally honest. Well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that. He, you know, he slept on the floor because he couldn't use the sofa or he, you know, couldn't, didn't, you know, no motor. So he had to walk to church and all this stuff. And he walked around the house without his shoes. This whole, this whole thing. And it was amazing. They come back and say, wow, I realized how important everyone is. And because it's not just about black, everyone has contributed. And we realize that we need each other to, to, for the whole broader society. It was a powerful, powerful uh, experiment and that the parents got involved in and were grateful for. So there's my take on it. It does not have to be divisive. To celebrate me is not to diminish you. And we have got to understand that. To celebrate, and one of the hardest things a parent has to go through is when children are, are, for example, jealous because one person's birthday is today. Well, to celebrate Johnny's birthday is not to diminish the fact that Marcus is also important and he has a vital role within the family. So it shouldn't be a negative thing. And we need to celebrate all year long. Not to divide. See, Dr. King said that, that we would live in a nation where we would not be judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. He was not suggesting that we could not acknowledge our uniqueness. Our uniquenesses. Man, the fact that we are so unique makes us so special. And when I can learn from you and you can learn from me and I can celebrate you and you can celebrate me and we can still understand that it's all a part of the oneness, that's true freedom, not well, we don't have any differences at all. No, don't let the differences divide us. Let the differences bring us together.
and learn to appreciate them. And I've learned that when people don't have issues with that, they tend not to have issues with the celebrations. Also, not to say that everybody who does have an issue does. I'm offering my perspective, and I have struggled with it, as I have said before, but I've come to this conclusion. And there it is. So there's my perspective. I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to come back. And we're going to get into a little poli- uh, little politics here. So I just want to say thank you for listening to to my rant uh, about this. And uh, and then um, again, you are you're free to to call in. I'll jump back if you if you want me to, and free to jump in on your perspective. Um, but other than that, if you don't have perspective on it, we will we will move we'll move forward. And so let's uh, let's take a a quick break. A little commercial. If you want to be a parent, it doesn't matter how you play, what you wear, how you dance, or even what direction life takes you. You just need to be there. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care don't need perfection. They just need you. Okay, welcome back to The Right Voice. We've been having quite a a lively discussion about Black History Month, and I I titled this particular broadcast, Do Black Conservatives Blow Off Black History Month? And uh, and when you listen to many of them, they, they have valid reasons for not focusing on Black History Month, and I, and I respect that. But I also wanted to give my perspective on that as well and sort of, you know, my struggle at times with the whole concept. But I've, I've, I've come down on the side that, that it is a good thing and that we approach it the right way. So let's, let's uh, move into some politics. Some, some would say we were already talking politics because whenever you're talking about this stuff, I guess it's considered political. But um, tonight or today, the, the New uh, Hampshire primaries, and I'm looking at the television right now, and my understanding is that Donald Trump is, uh, is has been declared the winner. I just looked over at the, at the television, and uh, that Fox is awaiting his, uh, accept, his um, victory speech, and I guess there's a tight race for second uh, place, and it looks like Bernie Sanders is one to be expected, and I guess there's a tight race for Second place between Kasich and and Cruz and uh, and Bush there, and uh, looks like Trump won with 34 percent. Kasich is at 16 percent. Sanders won with 58 percent. Clinton at 40 percent, which of course was was expected there. But um, in any case, in, in the time remaining, let's talk a little bit about the GOP debate that took place on Saturday. Since that debate, um, Senator Rand, uh, well, actually, since that debate, since we were last together. We had some dropout of the of the race. Rand Paul, Santorum, Huckabee have gotten out since the last time we were on the air, and Santorum endorsed Marco Rubio once he got out, and that became really interesting because he was asked about Rubio's accomplishments and uh, he wasn't able to name any. He came back the next day with some, but my my opinion is, listen, you can't can't go around endorsing people and not expect to be asked why, uh, but he couldn't come up with anything at the time. And then on Saturday, Rubio had a, a really bad debate, and he and that's rare for him because he is uh, quite the politician, and the 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 words just kind of flow uh, out of his mouth. And uh, but he was stumped uh, thanks to Chris Christie, and Chris Christie pointed out his inex, uh, his inexperience and his talking points. But I want to start with something positive about Rubio. I am. Listen, I'm not a Rubio person. People who listen, you know. But um, but he did deal, I felt, with the issue of life in a powerful way. And, uh, and I want to play that positive about Marco Rubio. On the issue of life, to me, the issue of life is not a political issue. It's a human rights issue. And it's a difficult issue because it puts in conflict two competing rights. On the one hand is the right of a woman to choose what to do with her body, which is a real right. And on the other hand is the right of an unborn human child to live. And they're in conflict. And as a policymaker, I must choose which one of these two sides takes precedence. And I've chosen to err on the side of life. Here's what I find outrageous. There has been five Democratic debates. The media has not asked them a single question on abortion. And on abortion, the Democrats are extremists. 
Why doesn't the media ask Hillary Clinton why she believes that all abortion should be legal, even on the due date of that unborn child? Why don't they ask Hillary Clinton why she believes that partial birth abortion, which is a gruesome procedure that has been outlawed in this country, she thinks that's a fundamental right. They are the extremists when it comes to the issue of abortion, and I can't wait to expose them in a general election. I do support an exception for the life of the mother because I'm pro-life. I just believe deeply that all human life is worthy of the protection of our laws. If I'm president and there's a bill that's passed that saves lives but it has exceptions, I'll sign it. But I do believe deeply that all human life is worthy of the protection of our laws. I've already said, for me, the issue of life is not a political issue. And I want to be frank. I would rather lose an election than be wrong on the issue of life. And I'll just follow that up by saying that my personal perspective on it is if I can't trust you with a baby, I can't trust you with a country, so don't expect my vote. So I do appreciate that from Rubio. Having said that, though, he did not have a strong – he didn't do very well. I mean, Rubio's pretty good, so he recovers pretty well. But the bad part of the debate has has carried over. He lost some of his Marco-mentum, as they were calling it. And Christie really, really took it to him. Not so sure how much it helped Christie, but it certainly seemed to hurt Marco Rubio and pointing out his talking points. Listen to this. Senator Rubio, I want to stay on the issue of readiness to be president and experience. Governor Christie warning voters here in New Hampshire against voting for another first-term senator, as America did with Barack Obama. And Senator Santorum, who we all know dropped out of the race just this week and endorsed you, had a hard time when asked on national television listing your accomplishments as senator. I will say if politics becomes and the presidency becomes about electing the people who have been in Congress or in the Senate the longest, we should all rally around Joe Biden. He's been around a thousand years. And let's dispel once and for all with this fiction that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Barack Obama is undertaking a systematic effort to change this country, to make America more like the rest of the world. The fact is, Marco, you shouldn't compare yourself to Joe Biden, and you shouldn't say that that's what we're doing. You have not been involved in a consequential decision where you had to be held accountable. The fact is, when you talk about Hezbollah Sanctions Act that you list as one of your accomplishments and just did, you weren't even there to vote for it. That's not leadership, that's truancy. I think the experience is not just what you did, but how it worked out. Under Chris Christie's governorship of New Jersey, they've been downgraded nine times in their credit rating. We don't need to add to it by electing someone who has experience at running up and, and destroying the credit rating of his state. Let's dispel with this fiction that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Well, there you and have let's it. Let's dispel with, with this fiction, fiction that Barack Obama, Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. There you have it again. You see, everybody, I want the people at home to think about this. That's what Washington, D.C. does. The drive-by shot at the beginning with incorrect and incomplete information, and then the memorized 25-second speech that is exactly what his advisors gave him. When you're President of the United States, when you're a governor of a state, the, the memorized 30-second speech where you talk about how great America is at the end of it doesn't solve one problem for one person. It's a fine job. I'm glad you ran for it, but it does not prepare you for President of the United States. Chris, your state got hit by a massive snowstorm two weeks ago. You didn't even want to go back. They had to shame you into going back. And then you stayed there for 36 hours. Those are the facts. Here's the bottom line. This notion that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing is just not there true. There it is. He knows exactly what he's doing. There it is. The memorized 25-second speech. Well, that's the, that's there the it reason is, why this campaign is so important. You know what the shame is, Marco? The shame is that you would actually criticize somebody for showing up to work, plowing the streets, getting the trains run back on time, when you've never been responsible for Chris, that in your entire life. It gets very unruly when he gets off his talking Thank you, board. Governor. And as I said, there you have it. Repeatedly saying the same thing, his talking point. And Chris Christie called him on it. And you don't usually see Marco Rubio flustered, but he was. He was. Now, you can argue the point that, I mean, they were going back and forth between whether Barack Obama, President Obama, knows what he's doing or, uh, or if, he, if he's incompetent or if he's purposely taking down the, the, the nation. Um, but the point is, Rubio, again and again and again, and Christie got under his skin. And uh, Christie's gotten a lot of media attention. They said, well, it may not be a win for Christie, but it certainly was a loss for Rubio. And uh, I guess you could say getting the media attention is, is, a, is a win. 
Uh, Jeb Bush came out of that strong, one of his strong, uh, you know, he hadn't had too many strong debates, but the last two were okay. And uh, he did go after Donald Trump on eminent domain. Uh, Donald Trump really didn't lose any ground there. Obviously, he just uh, he just uh, won in, in New Hampshire. But uh, I had criticized Jeb Bush last week for having his mom on the campaign trail. And not, not because family shouldn't be on the campaign trail, but because it just seemed kind of desperate uh, that he pulled his mom out since his campaign, in my opinion, was over before it started. Um, but his mom must be good for him because he had a pretty good debate there. And, uh, and like I said, Trump didn't seem to lose any ground. Uh, you know, he looked a little mean, I guess you could say, shushing Jeb and, you know, you're a really tough guy. And, you know, you know, uh, we know Donald Trump, you know, how he, how he flows. Uh, I did miss Carly Fiorino on the stage there. She was not, you know, she's been very vocal about the fact that she doesn't agree that she wasn't on, but, um, she adds something to the, to the debate. And, uh, so we missed having her there. I know she's, very critical of, of ABC. She calls them anybody but Carly. Their uh, rules had been already released. But with people dropping out of the race, I guess she felt like she should have had that spot. She's She'd beaten some of the others in Iowa, so why didn't she have a podium? And, uh, and I hear what she's saying. So um, anyway, we are, are down to the wire here with, with the show. I could go into the hypocrisy of the left I could go into former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, um, who made, of course, that comment about there's a special place in, in hell reserved for women who don't help other women, which is something she said before. Uh, but it just seemed like she was playing the gender card there. Uh, I wonder if she feels the same way about the women who don't help uh, Carla Fiorina. Or when uh, former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin mentioned that in one of her speeches when she was running for vice president, I do believe that Secretary Albright uh, had a problem with that and voiced that. So uh, is there that special place in health for people who don't help women or just people, just women on the left? Hmm. Then we have uh, Gloria Steinem, feminist, and she goes on Bill, Bill Maher, and she uh, says that younger women don't support Hillary Clinton and are supporting Bernie Sanders because that's where the boys are. And so she took a lot of heat over that and then uh, – half-heartedly apologized, said she was misinterpreted. No. She said that younger women support Bernie Sanders because that's where the boys are. Hypocritical or what? You know, if if he had said that, if Mar had said it, as he pointed out, she would have been all over him because that's a sexist thing to say, that women don't have a political mind. They don't have the intelligence to know whom they want to, you know, support. They just go on to get men. Oh, that would not have gone over well. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to point those things out with two prominent women kind of sticking their foot in their mouth and and revealing the hypocrisy that we often see on the left, playing the gender card as they often play the race card. Now, we like to end with wacky news usually and some happy news. Under the wacky news, I'll I'll stay here with uh, uh, the politics, and that is uh, Dr. Ben Carson. His New Hampshire PAC staff quit and joined uh, Cruz's campaign as volunteers, which was kind of crazy because we've been all doing all this talk about how Cruz stuck it to Ben Carson with the Iowa caucuses, and yet Ben Carson's staff quits and joins Cruz. I find that wacky. The other wacky news is that NARAL, NARAL National Abortion and Reproductive Rights Action League, got upset over the Dorito Super Bowl commercial. You know the Super Bowl commercial where the the the, the baby in the womb is reaching out for. For the Doritos, what a commercial. Loved it. Well, NARAL got upset about it because they said that Doritos was, quote, humanizing fetuses. And people took it to them on, on, on social media. Humanizing fetuses. These people are absolutely out of their minds. Yes, the baby in the womb is human. I know you don't want to believe it because it makes you feel better about what you support. But the baby in the womb is human. Okay, so you're just wacky. I'm actually evil, but let's end with happy news. I was glad to see Mary Catherine Hamm as a moderator for the GOP debate, the ABC debate. We, you may know that a few months ago she lost her husband. She was pregnant at the time, almost ready to deliver. They have a small child, and he was participating in a charity bike race when he was struck, and and killed. 
And so for her to be, you know, she was away for, for a couple months and, you know, out of the limelight off of Fox News and to see her back out there, see her back on Fox and see her out there really does my heart good because she's been through so much. So that's my, my happy news. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for hanging with us as we covered so much on The Right Voice. Um, and uh, we will be back at it, God willing, next Tuesday. Uh, and so, again, we are on social media, on Facebook, The Right Voice Radio, and Twitter, at The Right Voice. So hit us up over there. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. I'm Adrian Ross. I'll catch you next time. Just my children and my wife I thank my lucky star To be living here today But the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who Yeah.